Hello and welcome to the Wrong Football Podcast. My name's producer Dan. I'm here with G, the editor of thewrongfootball.com, and we're here to talk all things American football again this week. All right, Governor. <laughs> this week, we've less than two weeks before the big kickoff. Uh, we'll have a look at how things are shaping up in the preseason so far. Uh, we'll also be having a chat about our divisional pick and picks uh, for the season and previewing the NFL UK's countdown to kickoff event. So, how are things for you, G? Um, yeah, pretty good. Um, I'm having one of those other disaster weeks, which I'm sort of waiting for them to go away because football is just around the corner which is very exciting and I don't feel like I'm in any kind of routine whatsoever. I'm half a game behind where I wanted to be today. Um, but, you know, there's football and there's excitement and sadly there's some sad news already with injuries. So um, it feels like the NFL is getting real with the cuts coming and... It's you know, starting to gear up, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Well, let's uh, without further ado, let's get on with the uh, the news as we usually start. Uh, so the first thing, let's have a talk about the NFL UK's Countdown to Kickoff Tour. So the NFL UK are visiting... Uh, a load of cities I think it's six cities in, in seven days or something along those lines uh, between the 30th of August and 7th of September can't be seven days that doesn't add up um, but they're going to uh, Edinburgh Manchester Leeds Leicester Portsmouth and London it was six cities they're having fun forums being hosted by Neil Reynolds of Sky Sports and a load of uh, load of interesting guests it's really good to see this uh, it's, for me I think it's a, yeah, a really good thing to see this these, these go around the country yeah, I'm really quite excited about it. Um, I think this has been a response to... There were some discussions, and I'm blanking on the blog, but I'll try and um, place it later, but there were some, some criticisms and questions levelled at, at the NFL UK that were actually answered. And I think this is sort of a response to the request to try and do things for fans in other cities other than the ones that have had both these events before and obviously games. And whilst yeah. the logistics means that we can't just send NFL teams all around Liverpool, Glasgow, etc., we can at least get these roadshows on the go. And I'm, I'm very excited for them to come into Leicester and we're obviously on our way on Friday. Absolutely, cannot wait. There's some really good uh, really good guests lined up for these as well. They, they started as uh, as, well... As we record this, they started last night um, on the 30th of, uh, of August in uh, Edinburgh. But the guests include Greg Jennings, uh, former Packers, Vikings, Dolphins uh, wide receiver, Ossie Umanyura. I can never pronounce his name. Do you want to have a go? Ossie Umanyura. That'll do. Um, <laughs> former Giants uh, defensive end and Super Bowl winner, and also uh, Sean Gale. He's I know he's the one that's uh, that's coming to the uh, the Leicester one oh, on awesome. Friday. Yeah, Sean Gale, former safety uh, cornerback. Uh, and Super Bowl winner amongst others, so uh, they've got a really decent lineup of uh, of people. It should be um, it should be a really good evening, and um, I believe for those caught unaware, and I'm not sure whether anybody will get a chance to listen to this before it's up, but you should be turning up with with your new mobile recording equipment. I believe I shall Quite indeed. People, yes, I want to get some reaction. Hopefully, get some. Uh, uh, some some nice sound clips from uh, from the people there. It should be a, a good one, and we're hoping to uh, have a couple of surprises off the back of it as well. It's going to be a good event, like I say, um, like you said. We're, we're really looking forward to it. We're going to be there on Friday uh, at the uh, the Leicester Tigers. Um, come along, obviously bring your uh, bring bring your opinions and uh, and give them to us. It'd be uh, be great to get some uh, some really good yes, feedback. Yes, anybody from who spots us, we shall be one tall, large gentleman and one um, man in a dolphin. Short, jersey. large gentleman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was trying to be polite. <laughs> well, then, moving uh, moving swiftly on. Uh, second piece of news in the uh, in the last week or so. Madden Seventeen's released. You've, I know you've not had a chance to play this yet, but I've uh, I've had a, I've had a lot of uh, a lot of time on it so far. I'm, uh, I'm a big fan of the Madden series. Madden, like we say, um, was something that got me into American football. Um, it's something that I think gets a lot of people into American football. Really, um, it's the first place that uh, that we really experience it. And um, 
EA have released their the 28th instalment uh, of the series uh, last week. It was, it's got uh, Rob Gronkowski on the on the cover, um, and it's been really well received so far by the uh, by, by critics, which is uh, which is good to see. I, I really like it. I think there's some uh, some really good uh, good good things that they've added into the uh, into the game. Really enjoying the ultimate team. Um, Mode, which is uh, which is the first for me because I don't really usually go for that on uh, on Madden, um, but uh, yeah, no, it's a it's a long running series, isn't it, Madden? It's uh, it's one that I think everybody's probably had a go at at some point, even people who don't really get American football or what it's about. You're making me feel very old because <laughs> uh, um, I remember playing one of the incredibly early, like Madden One or Two, on the Sega Mega Drive at a friend's house, mm. and going, "Oh, this is amazing!" And I'd already, you know, been interested in American football through um, the '85 Bears and was watching it on videotapes off Channel Four. But the, the idea of you could play it on your computer and picking sides, yeah, that was <laughs> something I didn't. I played Madden extensively for long periods sadly these days i'm pretty much retired due to writing books writing an nfl blog having a full-time lunatic job as an it engineer so um i i haven't got this year's thing and and, and it seems rather frustrating because in your notes it, it's it's talking about better ai defenses and yes. you know the, yeah the, the, the ai on the cornerbacks and, and and the way that they played coverage was always a source of frustration if you're trying to play you know proper defensive football but um mm. yeah I'm glad you're enjoying it. Maybe I'll have to come round and have a quick go when I have time. If I'm I sure. Have time. We, I'm sure we can arrange that. that sounds uh, sounds like a yeah, good it, evening to me. You'll just have to drag me away from the coaching tape. That's the problem these days. <laughs> I'm sure you'll be. I'm sure you'll be able to uh, to drag yourself away. I'm sure you'll be fine. <laughs> what was your? You say obviously you played the, the the first and second first and second ones. Have you got a favourite ever Madden game? Is there one that uh, particularly stands out to you? Oh, you see, they all merge into each other. I yeah. mean, I remember it, it was more... I tended to play in franchise mode, so I seem to remember... It was generally PC versions. Somewhere around the 04, 05 was probably mm. when I played most. Um, either that or when I was at uni. So 2000, 2001. See, but, you know, it was more franchise mode and extended runs runs trying to transform yeah. the Bengals. I remember 99 very well, but the one that I, I think the one that stands out for me was uh, 02. Man 02. I got that with my, uh, when I got my PlayStation 2. Uh, that was that was the one that uh, that was one of the games that I uh, that I got with it that I was uh, really really looking forward to uh, to playing uh, when I went and picked that up before before Christmas and had to wait for it. Um, but yeah, that's the uh, that's the one that stands out for me. But uh, I think they're uh, they're doing really good things with the series. Like I say, I think this is probably the best one they've released in years. So I'm. Uh, Sorry to make you uh, make you wish you uh, may have have Madden envy, but uh, yeah, no, we'll uh, we'll let you say we'll have to get together and uh, I'll give you a. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of much harder for me to me to come around and say, do you want to come and see 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 the first draft of my sequel manuscript? It doesn't quite have the same same <laughs> pull to it, does it? Not really, not really. Well, um, moving on to our third piece of news. Then um, this one is a piece of news that I well, I was away over the weekend, but I saw I was I was having a look on uh, on the on BBC News, and it was something that that. Actually made BBC news, which is which is rare over here for uh, an NFL um, story to make BBC news, and, and certainly to make the, uh, the the top ten most read uh, sections. But uh, this one is Colin Kaepernick, uh, the Forty Nine ers QB. He's refused to stand for the national anthem um, at this game at uh, the weekend. Um, they. Uh, they lost to the Packers in week three of the preseason. But uh, one thing he said after the game, after refusing to stand for the uh, for, for the national anthem, was, "I'm not going to stand up to show pride in a flag for a country that oppresses black people and people of colour." 
absolutely feel uh, you know if if that's what he wants to do I, I'm completely behind him and I'm sure a lot of people are but you can absolutely also guarantee that it's probably not everybody going to be quite so supportive within the locker room and at, at this time in, in pre-season when you when you're trying to build a, a team and really trying to trying to become a cohesive unit it's a bit of a it's a big thing isn't it for uh, for something like that to happen and to to really take that away yeah, I mean, this is something that's actually been going on since the start of the season for him, and people sort of didn't notice in the first two games, I think because he wasn't dressed, because he's been a bit in- injured, but apparently yeah. um, it, it, he hasn't stood for the national anthem for, for all the preseason games, but this was like the first one where it was not noticed, I think, because he was in uniform, because he was playing, mm. and... Obviously, there's been the reaction that you get in the States has been very split between a lot of people quite calmly saying, I support his First Amendment right to free expression. I don't agree with him, but there. And then there's been a lot of people who are awfully upset um, about the disrespect they see that it gives to um, the the armed forces in particular and those servicing the flag and and giving their lives for him to have that freedom. The thing that I think is hard for us to understand over here is that I think with the, the history of Great Britain and the Empire, and so we're all a bit, not all a bit embarrassed, but I, I, America is like has this super patriotic nature to to, to their society in that their kids are all pledging allegiance to the flag regularly mm. in class and they grow up grow up with this and and you know whole practices will come to the stop because the national anthem is playing somewhere and it, it, it's just a very different cultural thing and so yeah it's definitely something that's going to bring um, a certain divisive nature uh, to the locker room which to be honest is not that surprising given that that the country at the moment certainly over the summer with the number of high profile shootings we've had both of black people and people of colour and also retaliatory attacks on police officers police, yeah. um, it's interesting that it's happening in the NFL just because it tends to be that they've not been outspoken to say there's been a secret series of basketball players making statements at the SBs notably and there's been talk that it's easier for them to do because they're on guaranteed contracts so they don't have the they have control of their future and they're not in a situation like like they are in the NFL where they're likely to be cut cut at any moment and it's much more of a coaches league so it's just it, I think it's just a really really tricky situation as an outside you just hope that some progress gets made in terms of what's going on some conversations and some positive steps start working as groups start to work more closely to e- with each other hopefully rather than um, what's going on at the moment which is a lot of shouting on either side but it's just a real tricky situation and I think this is one that's going to run for a while because he's already said that yes no he's going to continue to do this this is not you know this is something he's become cash- passionate about over the summer as this has been going on he's been educating himself there's been discussion of this on his Twitter feed so this is not is that whilst it's a relatively new thing it's not like a, a, a wake up in the morning yeah, change of mind thing this blue. is a th- yeah this is a proper commitment and I, I, I just I'm not sure how it's going to end and the 49ers are in a kind of tough spot because he Chip Kelly's already come out and said that he's one of their top two quarterbacks and by that rights you'd expect him to be on the roster but equally they could have boycotts either of fans or sponsors if they get antsy and this keeps going on and and I think it's just one of those situations we're going to watch and as a consequence you can sort of understand why suddenly it's even hitting the news over here. 
Mm, I think you're absolutely right, and I think you've summed it up very nicely there. I think that's, uh, that pretty much covers that completely. Like you say, it's something we're going to have to keep an eye on going forward. Oh, I say keep an eye on. It's something we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll notice going forward. Um, but he's he said he's going to obviously continue to do it as uh, as the season goes on. So uh, yeah, we'll see what uh, see see what that brings going forward for the uh, for the Forty Nineers and for Colin Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. Um, the final piece of news this week, um, and it's, I suppose it's news this week, but it's uh, it's it's that the uh, it's Hard Knocks. Hard Knocks is back. We kind of spoke about it in the uh, in the preseason uh, previews, um, and this year they're they're following the Rams uh, as they uh, settle into life in LA. Um, who do you think's coming across really well this year? We're, we're three episodes. With, or I say three. There's probably the fourth one up now. I've I've, I've seen the first three now. Um, episodes of, uh, of of Hard Knocks. Who do you think is coming across particularly well this year? I'm I'm not sure if anybody's particularly standing out. I mean, they're focusing quite a lot on the backup center Kush, um, who's the lineman with the tank top obsession. Yes. Um, Jarrett Goff is just seeming to be determined to um, uphold every kind of jock stereotype that's ever been put in a Big team time. movie ever. Big time. Um, Case Keenum seems to be quietly demonstrating that he's still the pro quarterback, and you know there's a reason why he's number one. Nice and guy as well, by the seems, seems to be, but um, I don't know. Even even Aaron Donald, you know, we saw him being competitive over ping pong, but yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's been kind of bitty as a series. It doesn't feel like there's been a particular. Um, Fred, if you see what I mean, like, a, yeah. like this not doesn't seem to be a season where one particular person or storyline is dominating the series yet. It seems to have been much. Look, this is American football team, and this is what happens. It was, um, I was impressed just at the opening, and it was. It, I mean, that was a tricky line to open that that um, third episode with the um, player whose cousin was shot, and yeah, yeah, and bringing bringing in Jeff Fisher and, and the coaching team, and obviously trying to give him an environment to process. You know his grief in the right way and play football if he wants to, and and encouraging him to show his emotions when appropriate. It was just yeah, that's I mean as an editor you've sat there and that's a tricky needle to thread and how you cover that. But it, it's kind of a strange series. The interesting thing for me in terms of watching the team from last year is that they do seem to have um, picked up a couple of receivers to help Taven Austin, particularly Farrah Cooper, who's been doing things in the in the return game and had a superb one-handed catch from Jared Goff in the first half of the game against the Broncos, mm. which um, I saw that at this morning, which is why it's fresh in my mind, and I was hoping to have that game finished and written up as we start heading into the last set of games tomorrow. But yeah, it's not the best series, but it, it's always fun and entertaining because it's football and getting to watch these guys practice is always um, fascinating. At least if you're as nerdy about football as we are. Yeah, I, I really. I tell you what, I've I've um, really found from it is I, I really like Jeff Fisher. I think he's a really good guy. I think uh, I think he's a he's a good coach. I think he's. Uh, um, uh, yeah, I, I'm quite impressed with him and, and how he's uh, how he's approaching the season and, and and like you say, obviously going for the uh, trying to trying to trying to. Kind of, marginal games and trying to make make better make kind of better steps from last year I think I think he's coming across really well yeah also the defensive line coach is terrifying yes he is <laughs> yeah, I can't remember his name but yeah you know you're absolutely right He's an ex-marine, and and, and the, the player he was like bawling out and saying, "If you, yeah. there's no point in taking notes, if you can't do this, then you'll be fired, and you'll be fired from somewhere else because you need to get this and all that kind of stuff." And I. As someone who works in an environment where I've never understood shouting because, um, to me, 
it didn't work at me as a surly teenager why is it going to work on me as an adult you know yep. treat me with respect and we'll deal with this through and and it's not to say that discipline isn't needed in the workplace or in a football team but it's certainly not ha- a way i would go about it but obviously american football is a, a very different structure to i almost said the real world but you know what i mean you know normal <laughs> employment but yeah. yeah so it's an interesting staff but also you see moments where the coaches are looking after their players and, and they do something good and, and it's nice to see that development of a team it is it is it's good uh, there's a, well there's a few episodes left um, we're obviously uh, as we're now heading into the uh, to the end of, of pre-season there's just a couple of episodes left I believe um, so uh, yeah no be, uh, be, be good to see yeah, what's yeah we get uh, into the Always difficult cut, um, yeah. cut episodes, and that's always tricky to watch. I mean, the other thing, just rounding back in the circle, just to drive your edit round the bend a little bit. <laughs> uh, it's interesting you saying that about Jeff Fisher because it sort of happens every year that that, that that people sort of fall a little bit in love with the team on Hard Knocks because they're watching it and so they feel a connection to it. And it's very interesting hearing you talk about Jeff Fisher in that way, given the general talk about him as a coach and oh, it'll be another seven and nine, eight and eight season, and yeah, you know how good a coach is he and. Coaching an American football team is really hard. Just the logistics alone are terrifying. And organising 90 people to be doing this and set minutes and how detail-orientated it is. It, mm. it's, the whole thing is a massive undertaking for, for 60 minutes played over three hours on a Sunday. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's keep an eye on the uh, on the rest of the the, uh, the series then as we head into the, uh, the week one of, of, of the regular season. Football is coming. So while we're while we're uh, actually recording this, there's actually some uh, some breaking news that's uh, that's literally just come through. Do you want to uh, to go over that, Sergey? <laughs> the wrong football news. <laughs> Brilliant. So, yeah, in breaking news, um, the NFL have cleared James Harrison, Clay Matthews, Julius Peppers, etc. from using um, prohibited substances. This is relating to the Al Jazeera documentary, which threw some accusations at Peyton Manning, but also Mm. named a number of other players um, currently with teams and one free agent. And I I must admit, I'm not terribly surprised, given what happened with Peyton Manning and, and what happened with the guy who spoke on camera and said, oh, yes, I can do this and do that and get you this and I've done it for these players. And then suddenly when, you know, people said, can we have some evidence, please? Um, it turned yeah. out not to be any. Um, I did find the most interesting bit for me about the whole saga was when James Harrison said, fine, I, I will do the interview because originally they were all set to do it. And then the NFLPA said, no, no, we're not going to do it. Um, this sets a terrible precedent and this is because relations between the NFLPA and um, the NFL and in particular uh, Goodell are particularly poor at the moment um, but they had to back down when he set a deadline and threatened sanctions but James Harrison said that's fine but let's do it live on air because I've, you know, I want to know what evidence you've got and I don't trust you not to twist it and this is all off the spurious thing of one person saying why should I do this behind closed doors obviously that didn't happen it went away and James Harrison is famously one of the most fined men in the NFL but <laughs> I can't say I'm surprised if they're cleared but breaking news on the podcast dum dum da <laughs> So by the time you're listening to this podcast, we'll be just entering the final week of pre-season games, which means we're nearly there. Pre-season is a, it's a bit of a funny old time. Uh, so teams are trying to uh, really work out which plays work, uh, trying, and most importantly, who to keep and who to cut. Um, G, I know you've been paying very close attention so far to how things have gone, especially for the uh, Bengals, the Rams, and the Broncos. Uh, you've even written a couple of uh, articles on the blog as well. Uh, how, are you, how are you finding the things going so far? Um, yeah, it's good to be writing about football and watching football again. Um, I th- think I'm going to start this round up by going off piste just to annoy you because I do like to keep you on your toes so get the G-Klaxon ready but Shall do. For, for me pre-season the important thing to watch out 
to remember is that what you're watching is coaches trying to work out which players to keep and which to cut. They're trying to mm. get their team ready for the season. And so there's a lot of talk about vanilla schemes, and I've written a little bit about this on the blog. Um, but what they really mean by that is not so much that they're not blitzing or playing like they do in um, the Pro Bowl. What it means is that they're working on what they need to work on to get ready for the season, not necessarily playing situation football. And they're absolutely not game planning for their opposition. They're working on what they need to work on. So mm. you, you take the results with a bit of a grain of salt. What you're looking for is good performance, the starters doing what they should do, players that are flashing, and very often in the second half of games, you might not see those players for a couple of, of years as they work their way up the roster into rotational players, starting players. The top high picks will appear fairly quickly, will often go uh, you know, very quickly into playing time, even if they're not starting. But the interesting bit for me is that, apart from all that, the second half of the game, people are saying, oh, you can skip on to the next one. But those are players that are playing for um, are playing for a career. Yeah, and all absolutely. this talk about preseason doesn't mean anything. It means an awful lot of those go- to those guys, because even if they don't stick with their current team, if they can put enough plays on tape, then they'll catch on somewhere. And there are some teams that are better at that than others. One of the reasons the Bengals do quite well uh, um, signing unrestricted or, or undrafted free agents is because they have a reputation that they will get you game film you stand a good chance you know you stand a fair chance of making the roster and it looks like we're going to get one this year if I'm predicting now and I'll go through him in a minute but also that you'll get put on tape and so you'll get a fair chance of hook, if not hooking up there then they're hooking on somewhere else so what have you thought of the uh, of the particularly individual teams that you've been watching so far well I should be a little bit careful because about the Bengals because um, if I start talking about the um, the cutting of Brandon Tate who's been our punt returner for five years yeah. because there's an un- un- re- um, undrafted free agent um Ericsson, who is Wes number 12 and has looked good both as a slot receiver and a pump turner stroke kick returner, then I might start boring people. So I shan't do that, <laughs> said he, having done it subtly because I'm brilliant. But uh, in terms of the Bengals, pretty happy. I was worried about their receiving core because obviously we lost James and Sanu. But the young players we've got um, look to be doing okay. And I actually am feeling quite confident, even if LaFell has had a hand injury and hasn't necessarily looked great because the other guys have been doing well in this place, even with Tyler Eifert injured. The def- Defence still looks nasty. I'm a little bit worried about the secondary because we're a bit banged up and we lost a couple of players I was hoping to have there, including our first round pick that I think will be done for a season with a torn pectoral muscle. But I just trust the system. And, and as I was talking a, a couple of weeks ago to you, those receivers, I, it's, re, it's really looking good and I, I'm hopeful for the season again. Yeah. As far as the Rams going, as I mentioned earlier in the pod, I think they might do a little better this season. The problem is they're in a really tough division. The defence looks good, although I'm a little bit worried about how deep it is because of uh, some of their second-half performances. But they've they've won two of the first games I've seen, I, 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 and they're doing pretty well in the third game. And the offence looks better. They've got... It's not just Todd Gurley. They've got a couple of running backs that look good behind him. Um, the offensive line seems to be doing okay, and they seem to be having one or two more receivers do things whereas they've been dreadful in the receiving core the last few years and that offense has been very static and case keenan really looks like he's he's gonna do well and and i think that's good for jared goff because it gives him a chance to learn and i think they would i think they're probably going to play better but i'm not sure it's necessarily they're going to avoid the dreaded seven and nine and eight and eight season just because of the division they play in yeah. The Broncos have been fascinating just because Trevor Simeon, who was like, um, I think he was like a seventh round draft pick last year. So he's like on one year up and he's basically beaked out Mark Sanchez to become the starter. 
and he's not spectacular but he is accurate and he's just not turned over the ball and their defense still looks very good and I think there's probably going to be a step down from last year as much as anything because how can you play as well as they did on defense last year but Von Miller still is good and they're still going to be competitive they've got a lot to live, to live up to haven't they really given, yeah. uh, given what happened last season absolutely and- and I, um, I I haven't seen a lot of that this uh, this new quarterback as yet. I've uh, only seen a few snaps of it, so I'm uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and uh, I'm gonna try and catch a few more uh, a few more bits. Uh, yeah, try try and watch try and watch the the preseason free games are the ones you really want to focus on if you're trying to catch starters because they're the ones where they'll probably play the entire first half and they yeah. really won't play at all at all with the fourth game. They're really just looking to find out what's going on at the bottom of the roster and get ready for the season. So if you want to focus in to see particular players, um, week three is the one to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And there's, there's a few good, like we say, there's a few good uh, uh, battles for quarterback. There's always, always is every year. But uh, yeah, this this year, like you say, a lot of it is it's the Rams and the Broncos at, at Big East. Carson Wentz as well at the at the Eagles. And how do you think he's, uh, do you think he's going to settle in uh, quite well? Do you think he's going to be starting come week one? I, well, I'm not entirely sure with the injury situation with him. He had um, a headline fracture in his rib, I believe. Yeah. Possibly even just a full fracture. So I've not had a chance to see the Eagles. Um, and I think they're possibly going to bring him on slowly, given that injury. But um, I'd need to check that out before the start of the season, which I will be doing. I'm not expecting great things for them, just because I think it's going to take a while to turn around. It will. Yeah, no, uh, definitely, definitely will. Speaking of quarterbacks, though, we'll do a quick quarterback roundup before we circle back to your team. Um, obviously the big news coming out of preseason that we've managed to not do in the in the news section because it was coming here is obviously um, Teddy Bridgewater mm. has has um, torn up his his knee by the sounds of ACL dislocated knee and ACL yeah it's, uh, it sounds non contact like a... as well non contact yeah. injury in training and that and, and basically looks like he's done for the season so they I think they're going to be relying on Sean Hill if I've got my name right thirty four year old sort of journeyman sixteen and eighteen record um well do they or do they do they try and trade trade elsewhere it depends Is it a bit late it's a bit late and also mike zimmer strikes me as the kind of coach will say we've got adrian peterson and a hell of a defense let's let's maybe stick with what we've got and not panic because we've got teddy bridgewater to come back and is who's available i.e colin kaepernick who's very scheme specific and nothing to like what the vikings have run Mike Vick, you know, who's a free agent, you know, any yeah. of you, no, no one's particularly inspiring is out there. So I do wonder if, if they'll make a move or not. We'll have to keep an eye on that over the few days. I think mm. that's, um, I think it's, that scuppers the really strong season I was predicting. I'm slightly worried that my jinx continues and, you know, I, I, I check on your dad and make sure he's okay. <laughs> he, he texted me last night, actually, or, or first thing this morning, sorry, telling tell me that, uh, telling me about it. But uh, yeah, I'd seen, I'd seen that last night. Yeah, and then the other injured quarterback that actually I'm beginning to get worried about is Tony Romo has Tony a Romo. fractured vertebrae, mm. and uh, they're talking about him coming back mid-season, but he's had two broken collarbones in quick succession. Um, he's also had a fracture; it was a minor fracture in like the sticky out bit of your vertebrae, with, which the muscle attaches to. So that's technical not such term. a big deal. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember what the technical term is. Um, <laughs> But also, he's had uh, had like a disc fusion, disc rupture before as well. So he's had back problems before. This could, could this be the end of Tony um, Romo, do we think? He's 34, 35. Yeah. I, I think he can still play, but I think it might be serious time to, to look at whether it's time to retire just because, 
you know, there's an awful lot of life after football where he needs to be able to walk walk around, and his spine is kind of important. Um, yeah. What it does give the Cowboys is an opportunity to take a longer a longer look at Dak Prescott um, during during the season where there's no pressure on him because he's standing in for Tony Romo, and he's been one of the sensations of the preseason. We need to be very careful because Chip Kelly's team looked like a sensation last season, and then look what happened to them when people started game planning. Mm. But he's played very well in the preseason. He's moved well. He's thrown the ball well. And I, I'd, I'd written only um, a couple of weeks ago that um, the Cowboys might be feeling relieved about um, their backup options. It looks like that's going to be tested. Well, they got Ezekiel Elliott, haven't they? The uh, the, the, the running back who, who they drafted first round this uh, this year. So again, they might be another one that puts puts a lot of time in the uh, puts a lot of the ball in in his hands. The curious thing to me about that is that I'm. Part of me is sitting there going, okay, so do I have to eat my words? Because I was not a big fan of that that draft. Uh, as you well know, I was saying, look, yeah. you could get a running back who could do it between that line. Um, why would you do that when you had such needs on defense? And can you count on Tony Robo? Tony Romo goes down. Uh, and you're thinking, well, maybe actually having superstar running back is great. Only, um, I don't know if you're aware, but whilst he was in Seattle um, for a preseason game, he was taking pictures and visited a... Um, a weed dispensary, which is legal in oh, Seattle. Did he? <laughs> yes. I didn't know about that. Yes, I was hearing about it on a podcast recently, and it's just like, oh, really? This is this is not possibly the best decision. Now, in yeah, fairness, as PR it, goes, yeah. Now, in fairness, that's a young, dumb decision to make. But there's an awful lot riding on him now. Mm. Uh, but he has looked very good in preseason, so hopefully. Um, We'll see how the Cowboys do. do. Um, proof will be in the regular season. I don't think we'll learn a lot in Game Four, and I think that, that we're unlikely to see much of Prescott unless they unless they're short on quarterbacks because they desperately won't want him to be hurt. I would imagine before Week One. Yeah, well, come on then. Let's let's go. Let's circle it back then. Let's uh, let's have a look at the Dolphins. So you've uh, you watched them in uh, in Week Three, didn't you? As the as the guest uh, the guest game in in Week Three. Yes. Uh, um, what, what, I was what, casting what do you think? around because because the um, Broncos were playing the Rams. I was casting around for an, for another team to look at, and you sort of stuck your your hand in the air. So I'd be quite interested to hear what you're you're thinking because I think they'll be better in terms yep. of I like. Um, Adam Gase um, I liked the upbeat tempo that the offense were playing when I watched the game they were playing no huddle I'd like to know how much they've done that for the rest of us for the um, preseason but certainly were doing it a lot in the game I saw them the worry for me is that your front four are looking quite good by the time you if you've got an interested Mario Williams and a Sue that's um, playing better and and um, help me out you're um, a injured Achilles defensive end who's hopefully coming back Cameron Wake yes of course so but there were also a couple of young defensive ends that caught my eye in the second half so I think the front four might be okay but your back seven worries me um Mm. Jones is a fantastic safety but there's question about your corners and your whole back seven both worries me and isn't very deep and it's an area where you're going to struggle I think it might be defense and I think you might play better I'm just not 100% convinced that it's going to result in necessarily a better record although that said the Bills are awful just from (laughs) the injury plague that's hit them and maybe we should cover that in the um, roundup in a second Um, obviously the Patriots are missing um, Tom Brady for the first four games and the Jets are getting very old. So yeah. eight and eight, maybe? Don't know. 
I think would be a little bit better than eight and eight personally. I'm quite. I, I must say, I'm quite. And, and I, you know, I always watch the Dolphins with the most rose tinted of, of spectacles. But I, I must say, I think I, I think we're going to do okay this season. I think I think we're going to be better, a little bit better than eight and eight personally. Um, not much. I'm, I'm, I think it will be will be nine and seven. But I think uh, I, I, I think it's going to be a much better season. The problem for me is that, as you're well aware, I do not trust your front office at all, and so I think they might let the coach down. And mm. I'm not. I don't understand what you have against interior linemen in the fact that you draft a, 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 what everybody agrees was the best left tackle talent in a number of drafts and you're playing him at left guard yeah you're playing a center who's hasn't played it since i think college and he was and that was like one backup game and another right guard out of position or new so basically you're playing everybody in the interior who is new to the interior and it's just like what do you have about just taking a fourth round pick drafting a really good guard and playing at the position he knows how to play yeah we we always struggle with that kind of thing we we struggled for centers last year very much um Mike Pouncey went 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 down, and I can't remember who it was that uh, that, that came in. And uh, your and, line was a mess last oh, season. I'm just worried yeah. that you're only one or two moments away from it happening again. But the big problem for your line really started not only with Marquise Pouncey going down, but um, with um, Brandon Albert going out injured. But at least you have Jeremy Tunsil to slide out out to left tackle if Albert does get injured, as long as you know he's not visiting special shops in Seattle. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah. You could do without. Uh, you could do without without that uh, that side of things. Um, very quick roundup. Then, what do we? Uh, what, what do you think for the uh, for for um, this coming season? General from preseason. What's left to discover? Uh, oh, the Bills. I think are look like they could be you know on fire before the season has already started. Combination of injuries, um, a defense that was already having problems has. Um, Rex Ryan's brother as their new defensive coordinator, and then suddenly their the, the, their draft pick that was meant to be even their new central linebacker Reggie Ragland's got a knee injury and done for the season. I think they could be in a lot of trouble. Um, a lot of people seem to be quite high on the Saints, and I think Drew Brees gives you a chance to be eight and eight, eight and nine every season but I'm just not convinced about their defence the Giants I'm just not convinced by at all and, I, and I'm and i not buying that um, a change of coach is suddenly going to magic up all the other problems they had um, I think that the Lions will continue to improve on offence I think they're going to be okay but their defence worries me um, but they might see now I'm, I'm, I'm looking at my picks and I'm not going to change them and we'll discuss them in a minute for the picking competition I've not had a chance to look at the other people uh, representatives and I know we'll be covering it properly in a moment but I'm suddenly thinking that they might be able to pick the Vikings if because I think the Lions will be competitive and I was thinking the Vikings would, would be challenging more but with Teddy Bridgewater out that is a big loss mm, it is it is it will be a big uh, big loss for them but We'll have to uh, we'll have to see. It'll be interesting to see how things pan out in the we uh, first few weeks of the season. There's one big news story that we should cover. Go on, very quickly. Whilst we're rounding rounding up the preseason, just just to be efficient. I'm sorry, I'm driving you around the bends for things, but Joey Bosa signed for the Chargers. He has. Oh my God! When was the last time we had a holdout like this? I cannot believe that the Chargers made such ham-fisted. The contracts are basically written for draft picks these days. And everyone's going, oh, they made a stand stuff. They cost their first round draft pick they really need, basically, his rookie season. Yeah. He's had no time. So what the hell is he going to do? Uh, it's just unbelievable incompetence, in my opinion. It was far too drawn out. 
yeah, they'll say that oh, you know, it's down to down to the player and down to down to the um, agent. The agent's trying to get the best deal for his done. The fact of the matter is, the leverage here is that you've basically just wasted your first round's uh, um, rookie season. The ball is it's a well, entries for the divisional pick'em competition are starting to come in. Uh, while there's still a couple of uh, stragglers left so far to uh, to get their picks in. Are we uh, naming uh, and shaming? <laughs> We're not naming shaming yet. No, that's not. But uh, I'm sure you'll get it from the ones that uh, that I, I mentioned as we're going through them. Um, if, <laughs> wanted... if nothing else, I was expecting to be on the list as I haven't actually sent you my file yet. <laughs> well, it's a fair point. It's a fair point. I know you've done them. You're fine. And we're going to talk about them now. So it's not a problem. Let's go through the uh, the picks that, uh, that we've had so far. So uh, we'll start with the. Uh, we're going to go north, east, south, west in each uh, conference. So we'll uh, we'll have to uh, we'll go through that. We'll start with the AFC North first. Uh, this is where your Bengals lie. Where do you think? Uh, what are you thinking for this one? I personally am thinking it's going to be Steelers, Bengals, Ravens, Browns. I am disagreeing with you, and you're going to be surprised at this because you know how, how um, worried I am about it. But I'm going Bengals, Steelers, Ravens, Browns. I think that I am not underestimating the Steelers at all. They are a great offensive football team um, with a lot of excellent options off on offense, including arguably... The best receiver, I, I would argue very strongly, and one of the best running backs in the game. However, between the suspensions of, of some of those players on offense and the defense, it's still a little bit wobbly for me. And they're just one hit from from Rufflesberger from really struggling. And I just think the Bengals might pip them again. I think the mm. Ravens are going to be competitive. I think that... Um, they just can't be as injured last season, but I do think that there's a lot of old players. I think the Browns will be better, but I don't see that being reflected in wins. I have faith in Hugh Jackson, but they're building for something. When I say better, I mean there's a plan, not necessarily that you'll see them being better on the um, field, although I am interested to see um, RG3 play. I have to confess I'm looking forward to seeing that, particularly with um, the converted quarterback to receiver whose name temporarily escapes me, who I'm sure I will be talking about in season because he's caught several long bombs already. Yep. Uh, well, it's pretty much fifty-fifty between everyone thinking uh, the, between the the Steelers and the Bengals to take this uh, division. Uh, the pretty much everybody, almost every everyone, all bar one, have the Ravens coming in third. Uh, Bucks UK believes that the Browns will finish third, uh, and everybody else obviously thinks that the the Browns will will be at the foot of the the, uh, the, the division this year. I think it'll be between them and the 49ers for the first pick in the yeah. 2017 draft. I have I to think, confess. I think you're right. I think I think you're absolutely right. Well. Uh, AFC East, then, and uh, this is the one again. This is uh, this is my uh, division. This is the one that's a, a bit close to my heart. Uh, I am going Patriots, and as much as I, I hate to put uh, Patriots at the top, I think I, I can't see past uh, the Patriots winning this one, even with uh, with the, the whole Brady Gate uh, thing for the first few games. Going Patriots, Dolphins, Jets, Bills. I am going Patriots, Jets, Dolphins, Bills. Um, I think the Dolphins. As we've already discussed, we'll do we'll have a more cohesive plan, at least on offense, and play better than last season. But um, mm. I don't think they're going to have enough to compete with an admittedly aging Jets team. But I think they'll hold it together this season. Um, for Bills, I think are having terrible problems, and you don't bet against Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, even when Brady's missing the first four games because there's just too much sustained success here. That yeah. said, this could be the first um, year in a while where they don't win, but I'm not predicting it so far. Yeah, well, last time they didn't win, it was the Dolphins, so uh, we'll t- I'll take that. Um, <laughs> I, I, I can't see the Jets doing uh, doing doing particularly well this season, personally. Uh, but somebody, the uh, the British Bird Gang, the Cardinals uh, fan uh, fan group and podcast, uh, have uh, have got 
the the Bills to come second uh, in this division. I'm, I was quite surprised when I saw that one come through. Um, obviously, have a lot of faith in Rex Ryan, and Clearly. maybe haven't seen the injuries. I don't know. He, they could very well prove us wrong. Yeah. Uh, well, in the AFC South, um, this one. What are you What are you going for in this one? See, I should state for the record now, before we get too much further, that I don't believe in preseason predictions because there's too much that can go wrong. So you can say who who you think is going to do well and who's going to do badly, but the big caveat is you don't know who's going to get injured. And yeah, I, it's I've, a crystal ball thing, this, isn't it? So, so throwing darts in the AFC South, I'm throwing a bit of a risk out there. I've got the Jaguars top of the top of the. Wow. Um, of division Colts next Texans Titans I think the Jaguars I like what I saw on offense um, when they played the Bengals and they just beat the Bengals in preseason game three um, I'm thinking it's going to come around this year and as much it's as much as I do expect a little bit more from the Jaguars and I'm not wholly sold on the Colts I like their draft more than their recent offseason activity and I think it's going to go in the right way I think they're going to be better but I just I I just wonder whether the Jaguars might pit them and they might come down to earth a bit. I'm sure everybody's going to pick the Colts, but hey, I'm having fun and, you know, screw it. Let's go for the Jags. Um, and the Texans, um, I'm not sure how well Brock Osweiler is going to do. And the injury to JJ Bot really, really worries me. The Titans are progressing, but they're suddenly turning into a run team. And I like their quarterback, but um, I'm not picking them to suddenly be resurgent in that division. Yeah, I'm I'm going Colts, Jags, Texans, Titans. Uh, everyone was, Very was reasonable fairly, you, sir. <laughs> yeah, I think everyone was was fairly uh, fairly agreeable in this in this one. Uh, again, British Bergang uh, thought that the uh, the Texans are going to win this one. I can't see it myself, but uh, and they also think that the Colts are going to come third, which is a again some bold picks coming from uh, from from the Cardinals camp uh, this, in this uh, in this competition so far. Hey, they're, 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 they're taking after their coats. They're just going for it big and, and letting it all hang out and fair play to them. Absolutely. Well, this, the, the AFC West, um, now this, this one is, this is the, this has got the pick that surprised me the most. Um, the Books UK, uh, the Buccaneers, uh, fan group got, have, have picked the Broncos to come bottom of this, of this, uh, of this division. I can sort of see where they're coming from. In that you have three very untested quarterbacks on this team. Yeah. The thing I would say to that is that um, Peyton Manning was a name who played like, I think he was ranked 26th last season when you looked at the numbers. Yeah. Um, I don't see them winning division. I have them it going Chiefs, Broncos, Raiders, Chargers. I think yeah. the Raiders are going to be strong this year. Um, I like what they've done with their off- offensive line in the offseason and how they've built the defense. Obviously, um, Amari Cooper in his, going into his second year. Um, got a good young quarterback. Khalil Mack is a terror on defense. I think they're going to be good, but this is going to be one of the competitive divisions. There are three really interesting, solid teams. I think the Chiefs are really good all round, and I think that's why they, they'll edge the division. I think the Raiders and Broncos will be there, and then the Chargers, I think, will be lagging behind. And I feel sorry for Phil Rivers. Rivers. Could somebody rescue him and put him on in a competent franchise with a really good roster? <laughs> Seriously, one of they were only got as many wins as they did last season because he was so quick getting the ball out that the fact that the, the defensive linemen were coming at him virtually unblocked didn't matter. He is a really good quarterback, but um, I think he's going to have another mayor of a year, I'm afraid. 
Yeah, I'm going same as you. I'm going Chief Broncos Raiders Chargers on that one. Um, NFC North. Um, I this we've talked about this slightly, obviously, um, in the the wake of the, of the Teddy Bridgewater injury. Um, I'm going, and I'd pick this. I promise I'd pick this before uh, before the injury happened. Um, <laughs> Packers, Vikings, Lions, Bears. Um, the one thing that, that is, is not surprising because you kind of mentioned it previously, uh, previously, um, and I don't know how much of this is uh, is going for for my tried and tested and and failing um, blind faith, but uh, the English Lion has uh, has picked the picked the Lions to come second this year in the uh, in the NFC North. I don't think that's crazy now. No. Uh, admittedly, that's because of the Bridgewater injury, but yeah. A lot is resting on how that defense comes together, but I actually have a bit of faith in Jim Bob Cooter with the mixture of Golden Tate, who played very well in um, Calvin Johnson's injury um, a couple of seasons back, and was basically receiver one with um, Marvin Jones. I I kind of like their offense; it looked okay. Um, simple blocking scheme that they haven't got a great offensive line, but I could I could see that happening. But I'm not mm. going to pick it, I'll be honest, even with the Bridgewater injury, because um, I have a lot of faith in Mike Zimmer, who is a hell of a coach and will keep them com- competitive, if nothing else, this season. Are you going same as me then? Packers, Vikings, yes. Lions, Bears? Yes, I, I, I concur yeah. with your picks. Yep. Um, <laughs> NFC East, uh, this one I have got uh, Cowboys, Giants, Eagles, Redskins for this one. Ooh, interesting. Um, I have DC Gruden's winning it. Um, yeah, DC Gruden's winning it. Cowboys second, Giants third, Eagles fourth. Um, I worry about the roster turnover with that Eagles team, and I just think that after the Chip Kelly, the Chip Kelly um, experiment with the personnel and the movement round, I think it's just going to take a while to turn that squad round. Um, the Giants, as I've said, I'm not convinced by large sections of it. Um, maybe it'll all come good in the main season, but there's a lot of moving parts in free agency, and as as one of the teams that allegedly won it, that never seems to bode well for me in the performance. Of the Cowboys, I think Ezekiel Elliott and a competent um, um, quarterback will keep them competitive in this division, but I genuinely have quite a lot of faith in DC Gruden's. I think that um, Jay, Jay Gruden will will do a good job on offense again and I and the, I think Kirk Cousins is going to back up the play with the receivers he's got and he might not have the same numbers as he had last season but I think he will do enough to get a decent contract there um, and I kind of like them to win that division hence why I picked them that's it well uh, let's move on to the, uh, the last the last two more divisions then uh, very quickly the NFC South uh, I'm going Panthers Falcons Saints Buccaneers like you say there has been some some good some some good noise coming out of out of New Orleans but I can't see them coming any any higher than third personally um, this is a division where there was a lot of um, there was there was a well a lot of disagreements in the picks thus far um, so as an example of that, the Falcons are, have completely uh, split uh, split decisions. So the English uh, Lion has, has has got the Falcons down to to win the division, whereas the Aussie guys have got the uh, the Falcons to actually come bottom of this one. Uh, interesting, particularly as one of them is a Falcons fan. Yeah, um, for me, um, I th- this was the hardest division to pick after the first team Panthers I think are fairly going to easily win I'm worried about the secondary but I know how he's trying to build the, the rust of their GM so I, I think they're going to win with Cam Newton I've got it going Panthers Saints Buccaneers Falcons I'm worried about the Falcons defense um, and I'm worried about um, how their quarterback seems to have just stagnated and not developed and I'm not convinced I think Sanu is a very good receiver whether 
it's going to work for that offense. I'm not convinced, and um, I think the Buccaneers seem to be finally building towards competence and will take another step with um, their young quarterback and should do better. And the Saints, I think Drew Brees is so good that he will keep them in contention, but that defense will just do it. But I, I could almost see any organization of the three other teams behind the Panthers. Yeah. Well, last one then, very quickly. Uh, NFC West, I'm going Cardinals, Seahawks, Rams, 49ers. I am going Cardinals, Seahawks, Rams, 49ers. I it's think... a pretty popular pick, to be fair, of, of uh, looking at everybody else's. I'm guessing that anybody who hasn't picked the Cardinals has picked the Seahawks to win it. Um, everybody I'm... else has gone Rams third, 49ers fourth. I'm a little bit worried about um, the Seahawks' secondary um for their other corner and the balance of that but I think otherwise they're going to be competitive except that their offensive line still worries me and at some point that has to catch up with them hasn't it meanwhile the Cardinals look to have one of the deepest scariest rosters on the league the big question for them is can they keep Carson Palmer upright but if they can then I think they're going to be really strong in the Super Bowl contender the Rams I think you know sneakily might edge up just because of what their offense is doing but I suspect maybe they'll be competitive in that division but you know get a Jeff Fisher result and the 49ers I sort of want Chip Kelly to do well because I like him as an agent of change but there's just so much after that horrific offseason they had two offseasons ago when he lost all those players it's just going to take time to pick up that number of players and so I think they're going to be picking high again but I think I'm just hoping the plans coherent and we'll 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 see some, some kind of progress from them yeah, well, um, make sure you keep an eye on the blog. We'll be putting all the picks on there. Uh, and remember, there's still a little time to get your picks in over to me as well. Uh, just send your picks over to TWF Podcast at Outlook.com by 5pm uh, on the 8th of September, and we'll add you to the list. I should be making um, an, a nice pretty tables thing for um, and the website, so it'll have its own page. Um, I say nice pretty tables, that's my intention. I could be swearing a lot and spending hours <laughs> trying to make it look pretty in HTML, but we shall try Before and make uploading it. a spreadsheet. Yes, yes. <laughs> Before just, you know, going, ask Dan, I don't care anymore. I felt that one way up here. Well, that's it for another episode of the Wrong Football Podcast. We'll be back next week with a special episode and hopefully a couple of surprises from the NFL UK Countdown to Kickoff event in Leicester. It'll definitely be uh, one not to miss. Let's uh, let's just say that. Uh, in the meantime, keep an eye out on the blog for G's thoughts on it, uh, on events in the run up to the start of the season at thewrongfootball.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter at thewrongfootball and at TWF Dan. Uh, and as always, make sure you like and subscribe to the podcast and make sure we get into as many ear rolls as we possibly can. Uh, take care and we'll see you again next week. Bye. <laughs>